Every week about this time, we get together and take a slightly deeper look into some topic or something that grows out of our Sunday morning sermon here at McGregor Baptist. This week, we'll take a look at Judas Iscariot. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and this is Beyond the Notes. He's quite possibly the most despised character in the New Testament, and possibly with good reason. Just hearing his name makes you want to boo and hiss. It's Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. And he turns up for the first time in the Gospel of John in the passage that we looked at Sunday morning. Um, Verse uh, 70 and 71, the last two verses of John chapter 6. And candidly, I didn't give him a whole lot of time in the message that I preached Sunday. There were other things that were closer aligned to the point of the passage and thus the point of the message. But Jesus is talking, you remember, in the synagogue at Capernaum, and he's been very, very clear as he has wrapped up his bread of life discourse that uh, it will be absolutely required to thoroughly internalize. He uses the metaphor of actually eating his flesh and drinking his blood, but his point to thoroughly internalize the gospel if one is going to have eternal life. The corollary to that is if you're going to internalize the gospel for eternal life, your other, your other works, the things you would do to make God like you, all of your religious activity is valueless. He says in verse uh, 63 that the flesh is no help at all. The spirit gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And then further, he goes into verse 65 and says, remember that I told you, or this is why I told you, that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. The point I made yesterday in the message is that this is uh, offensive because it gives you the opportunity to, to basically saying you can have credit for your salvation or you can have salvation by grace. You can't have both. Well, that's offensive if you've been working all your life for credit. And so a lot of people left, and that's the, the sort of shallow and transient people that had only jumped on the bandwagon because of his miracles. Then he had a conversation briefly with Simon Peter standing in for the rest of the, the 12 disciples because he asked Simon Peter, are you guys going to go away as well? And the, the you there is plural. Are you going to go away away if, if you're a you know, proper Southerner like me, it's, are y'all going to go away? And Peter answers with a poor old Lord, to whom shall we go? So he's speaking for the, <clears throat> for the, uh, the 12 disciples. But one of the 12 is phony. And Jesus addresses that in verses 70 and 71 when he said, did I not choose you, that is the 12, and yet one of you is a devil? And he spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the 12, was going to betray him. It is fascinating that in all three other Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, only mention Judas Iscariot in in the betrayal narrative, still a little bit later in Jesus' ministry, that a narrative that takes place around Jesus' last week of earthly ministry. And otherwise, other than in that betrayal narrative, they only mention Judas Iscariot 
in lists of the 12 because they have to list 12 names and his is one of them. And usually when they list his name, they list it with a little bit of a dig like Judas who would betray Jesus. They, they, uh, they don't have any moment where he even comes up apart from those lists and the betrayal narrative, except for these two verses in John, which is, is neither a list of the 12, nor is it in the betrayal narrative. It's just Jesus foreshadowing uh, the betrayal of Judas Iscariot. Notice Jesus says, I, I, did I not choose you, the 12? Now, obviously, he's been talking in this passage about those who are chosen for salvation, but here he doesn't mean chosen for salvation. There's uh, every reason to believe Judas Iscariot was never saved. In fact, uh, in Acts chapter 1, Peter's statement that after Judas died, he went to his own place is not a way that Peter would ever refer to heaven. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty certain. You can be pretty confident that Judas never knew Jesus at all and is thus uh, facing eternal punishment. He's not mentioned again until the betrayal narrative in chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, where we learn about his being a thief. Uh, he has been following Jesus physically, but not following Jesus. And that's what I want to I elaborate on. You know, you think about Judas Iscariot, and you think in terms of, of what, what a horrific lost opportunity. Uh, here is one who was in the presence of the most incredible teacher that ever lived for most of three years. Someone who saw with his own eyes things like calming the storm, <clears throat> walking on water, certainly in immediate proximity to where we are, the walking on water and the feeding of the 5,000 men. He had all of the sane and, and evident proof that Jesus was who he said he was. And yet his heart was never converted. He never, he never came to a place of turning from his sin and trusting Jesus by faith. Again, John chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, to which we'll come in a bit in our study of John. Make it clear that through the whole earthly ministry of Jesus, he's been conducting himself as an embezzler. And that's the sort of central thing I want to point out to you, that here's someone who had access to everything that could be known of Jesus at that time as an eyewitness to the earthly ministry of Jesus. What a tremendous loss. What a lost opportunity. What a personal tragedy. But the, the takeaway that doesn't get as much consideration and the one I'd like to raise for you today, just, just briefly, is Judas's reason for hanging around Jesus was personal gain and a desired personal outcome. That is, he was willing to, to emulate the behavior of a Christ follower. He was willing to, to hang around with other Christ followers. He was willing to, to literally walk the walk and talk the talk for a period of years. But his entire drive and motivation was, what am I personally benefiting from this. There was no interest, no interest in the glory of God. There was no interest in God's larger plan and purposes. It was simply, I'm going to attach myself to this uh, movement, this notion, this even this person, as long as it pushes my agenda for me to do so. 
That sounds like the modern health and wealth gospel to me. That sounds like the motivation of the prosperity gospel, where the appeal actually is, come to Jesus and you will benefit personally in this life. Give to this ministry or that ministry, whether it's a Kenneth Hagin or a Creflo Dollar or any of that ilk. And the uh, gospel will somehow enhance your life. And I guess the corollary is, and if it doesn't, you can blow out and try something else. That just sounds like a, a pattern of following Jesus that was invented by Judas Iscariot. The followers of Christ don't follow Christ for personal benefit. The followers of, well, avoiding hell, I suppose, is a personal benefit. But we, we love him because he first loved us. We turn from our sin and we follow him by faith. We, uh, like, like Peter and Andrew and James and John, we drop our nets by the shore, follow Jesus and never look back. Like Matthew, we walk away from a lucrative and corrupt tax collecting business and never look back. Like Paul, the rising star young Pharisee later in the book of Acts. We catch a vision of who the risen Christ is, and we ask two questions. Who are you, Lord, and what do you want me to do? And concern for personal posture and personal benefit fades, and it fades fast. Well, not so for the Judases of the world. So I want you to think about that today as you take a look at your own walk with God. And while, yes, there are blessings associated with following Jesus, and it's certainly not the case that we're all called to lives of misery and martyrdom, we've got to be okay if we are and have to realize that Jesus is within his rights no matter what. Certainly, he did not die on the cross so you would have a bigger house and a nicer car and fewer head colds. At any rate, I hope by now you have, you have liked or shared these podcasts with friends. I hope that others are being blessed as we pray you are by this content. It is certainly our joy to bring it to you. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm.